right. You can you can unmute yourself because you had a bunch of questions. I just can't type like my um do I have to hit something here? Um there you are. First I'm... day in Korea I fell on the ice and I sprained my wrist, so it's like really hard to type with the right hand. <laughs> Uh, I I see. Uh, I mean, uh, I I'm not really. Um, I I don't feel like uh, I'm hundred percent ready to uh, argue on a high level uh, with uh, somebody like you. I have great have respect for. Hey, yeah, I, I, just telling you what I know. Yes, I mean. Uh, judging uh, by what you uh, uh, what you post, you have a very different background compared to me. Uh, so, yeah. I'm I live in I'm Russian. I live in Russia. I have uh, several uh, uh, contacts uh, from Ukraine. I am subscribed to m multiple uh, pro Russia. Militants. I am subscribed uh, to multiple pro-Russia bloggers, uh, multiple pro-Ukrainian bloggers, and uh, um, combining all the information which I receive and comparing it with all the information uh, about how Russian government works inside Russia, it's like it's not. Uh, there is no. There is no direct, uh, uh, like, there is no logical path to saying that uh, Russia will prevail and Russian leadership is uh, uh, successful. The, the, like, there is no, there is no way to claim that uh, from my point of view. Like, that's, and uh, uh, I did not want to, uh, I did not uh, intend to argue with you. I just wanted uh, to know what's your perspective on that and what your sources are. Sure. So, yeah, that, so, that's my viewpoint. The thing is, uh, online, almost everything's pro-Ukraine because the West is destroying Russia in the, when it comes to PR. But they did the same crap in Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria and Libya and everywhere else. And I was accurate on all those things, too. Like Assad won in Syria. He got all the territory other than Idlib back and Rojava's being annexed. But the Russians were doing the same tactics down there as they are in Ukraine. They'd clump them up. They'd do an envelopment and encirclement. They'd leave one route of retreat. They either take it or they didn't. And if they didn't, they all got destroyed. And they've repeated this rinse and repeat in Ukraine over and over again. Ukraine has lied so many times, you know, starting with the ghost of Kiev and Snake Island. Yeah, yeah, that's what that was footage And taking footage of, like, Israel's bombing of Beirut and saying this is someplace in Russia or in the Donbass. And they're just full of shit. And a uh... lot of people... A lot of people on the ground, they don't know what's going on. Like, oh, they're there. I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, sorry. I most mean, military people like don't even have a high school education and don't know the strategy, don't know the bigger picture. Uh, but what you can do is look at the results. I got a two year old drawing on me with a marker. Great. <laughs> hey, give me this. 
Go get it. Can you get it? No. Okay. So, I mean, if uh, if uh, you if you would like to bring uh, uh, fake information to the table, then there are multiple uh, uh, occasions of uh, 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 I mean, Russian president, for example, receiving fake information right before the cameras. So, it's uh, the fact that uh, a Ukrainian lie is uh, not um, not a huge surprise to me because uh, Russian officials lie. Uh, oh, well, every government the, lies, but the, li- the lies are not even. It's like they have the full weight of the CIA, every American news network, Hollywood, all of it, like Twitter, all the social media, Facebook, YouTube. If you say anything pro-Russian... Even if it's already happened and proven, you'll get banned. Yeah, yes, yes. It's uh, it, it. That's why I don't uh, consume Facebook and Twitter at all. I don't uh, get uh, any yeah, any those filter in to Telegram and other things. They're just scooping it off of Reddit and Twitter and stuff and reposting it. Yeah, that's the majority so, of the crap that's going on. I mean, well, you can uh, you can see though, like. They'll say, oh, this many people died or this, that. You don't know. Both sides are full of shit. But what you can see and what makes sense, and they did the same stuff in Syria. It's like Ukraine doesn't have enough soldiers. They're outclassed on everything. Russia has better air defense, better artillery, better better anything. Ukraine doesn't have a Navy left. They hardly have any air force left. All they have is yeah. the weapons that NATO has been sending in, and they're down to really NATO personnel at this point. Because they get encircled, mm. they call it the meat grinder, they, they, Russia will create a cauldron, and they'll sit uh, back do, and hit them with artillery all day. You know why? Uh, do you want to say that uh, there's only NATO personnel left for uh, air defense and, uh, and uh, aircrafts? Is that what you want to say? The only naval defense they have left is NATO. Practically, the only air defense they have left is NATO. They still have Ukrainian personnel. That's quickly dwindling. Their vanguard's gone. It's dead. They're letting people out of jail to serve. They're asking, like, teenagers to serve. Oh, you don't, you don't okay, serve about, uh, You don't do so, that until you get desperate. Uh, so here's the problem. I mean, uh, the Russia is uh, Russia. Ru- Russia is also bringing uh, people out of jails to serve, and uh, the only problem, the only difference with uh, compared to Ukraine is that in Russia, uh, it's a commercial organization who does that. It's a Wagner organization. So I don't really yeah. see That's how getting uh, getting uh, people out of jail uh, uh, out of being desperate is any kind of argument because Russia is doing exactly that. Because Russia is not being invaded or attacked. If they were, they'd have millions of people willing to serve. Ukraine is, and they're still getting people out of jail. Mm, uh, okay. I, mean, I don't like, really have. If you're if you're lo- if you've lost territory, which they have, they lost the entire Donbass, save Kyrgyzstan, which they haven't reoccupied either because they know it's a kill zone. How could you not have everybody? What instead happened? Millions of people fled Ukraine, 
and became refugees in Europe. Correct. And the male fighting force they have got fucked. They got fucked at Mariupol. And there's buses full of prisoners. They're already rebuilding homes down there. There's video of it. Like it's completely in Russian hands. They lost all of Crimea back in twenty fourteen just through referendum. Then they lost uh Servodonetsk completely. They lost Papasnia completely. They're about to lose Bakhmut and Slavyansk. Uh, they lost Chernobyl. They lost, oh, they've lost both the nuclear reactors. And now they're running out of electricity, blackouts, brownouts. Odessa doesn't have power. Kiev has some substations open, whatever. Life there sucks. And the people on the front line are getting annihilated. Russia hasn't moved in <clears throat> to Bakhmut because what they're doing right now is working. They're killing them and not getting killed. There's no reason to storm a well-defended, dug-in, entrenched you know area when you can shoot further than they can and Russia has the high ground south of the city. They're just going to make it rain all day. And there's nothing Ukraine can do. That's why Zelensky went to the U.S. and begged them for more weapons and money. And he got it. Lame duck Congress just approved another $45 billion, which is, is going to make a difference and will make the war last longer. But at the end of the day, they just don't have an answer to Russian artillery. American artillery, high Mars and stuff are not as good, not, not as good as what Russia has. And they've run out of their S-300 missiles, so they're asking for Patriots now. And the Patriot system doesn't work. It didn't work. It worked like hitting some slow-moving subsonic scuds from Iraq in Gulf War One, But it hasn't so worked. There's a problem, there the problem uh, with, uh, with uh, claiming that Russia has superior alt artillery because uh, there's literally... Uh, mm, uh, I mean, I don't have a, like hard proof because I don't have a first-person evidence of anything. But there is again a reputable militant, Russian militant, who claims that, and it's not like uh, he's the only one claiming it. It's just, it's a, it's a topic. Uh, it's a, a point which is discussed uh, in several, uh, several. Uh, by several bloggers that uh, Russia is using uh, its tanks as artillery. And uh, one of uh, pro-Russian bloggers claims that it's uh, beneficial and it's uh, and that uh, Russia uses tanks is a sign uh, and that Russia uses tanks uh, from behind hardcover is a sign of uh, professionalism in army that they uh, improve their security doing that, that they don't have any problems with accuracy doing that, and therefore, shooting, uh, using tanks instead of artillery is good. But, uh, so, this militant, which, I, uh, which has uh, a blog post, which is now hidden because of uh, Roscom Nadzor, uh, um, I'm again. I'm not a specialist, but this militant uh, uh, describes the problem with using tanks as artillery. He says that tanks has have less precise shells, 
they have uh, a lot more uh, a lot more I, it really doesn't uh, matter where? like this is just some guy with a blog both Ukraine and Russia, like Ukraine itself, complains about all, all the artillery strikes that are hitting them every day. Their own commanders are saying this, and the Russians are saying the same thing. I don't care what some militant says on a blog about tanks being used as artillery. He's just wrong. Uh, did you say what about uh, some who claims in their blog? The guy you that you're talking about, like some militant says Russia's using tanks as artillery. Okay. Yes, it's well, a Russian militant who is profoundly pro-Russia. Well, it's not a Ukrainian yeah, militant. It doesn't matter. So he claims. He's just wrong. This is so some ignorant son of a bitch. Like, both sides. Russia claims to be hitting them with artillery, and Ukraine complains about being hit by so much artillery. Even I mean, Western you could think about how much artillery is hitting Bakhmut right now. They have no answer for it. That's I mean, why they you could kick and scream and say, send us more HIMARS, send us more MK777s, because they well, didn't have anything to shoot back with. Well, in if. You, of course, Ukraine has the incentive to complain about artillery strikes. So, if we would judge uh, judge reality based on uh, official claims, it would not be very useful. Because uh, if you judge, you won't, you should not judge uh, Russian casualties by official Russian information, and not... you definitely should not judge. Uh, Ukrainian. Not, uh, that's not the rest of it. I'm going to just talk over you because you talk too slow and too long. Their mm-hmm. own commanders are complaining about being hit by Russian artillery so often. They wanted to retreat from Bakhmut, and Kiev said no. So there's tension between the generals and the political assholes in Kiev. They say no for PR reasons. You have to hold this city. And they're saying, we can't hold this city, and we're just sitting here in a meat grinder getting hit with artillery all day. We need to retreat and have a better defensive line further west. And they're not going to do it. And what's going to happen is what's already started happening today, actually, is they're getting killed and losing Bakhmut because they can't pop out of their trenches for a second because they're outranged. The Russian artillery shoots further than Ukrainian does, further than the American stuff does. So they can have a nice four-mile advantage. It shoots 28 miles and just hit them all day long. There's nothing they can do. And they've also been cut off. The reason shutting down the electric grid for civilians matters is because Ukrainian trains are electric trains, and they can't get goods to the front line when there's no electricity armaments or anything, even if NATO gives it to them, they don't have a way to deliver it. You could try to stick that on a car, go on the road, but cars can only go there. They're going to get blown to bits. So they don't have a way to deliver their goods. And it's making life hell throughout the city. Like, Ukraine's going dark. More people are leaving. More problems with refugees. Less workers, less factories, less ammo, less everything. They are wholly dependent on aid from the United States right now to keep this war going. Because they don't have an economy. They don't have manufacturing. They don't have ammo. They barely have food. They don't have power. They're fucked. And the U.S. just cannot fight Russia in their backyard. 
but they could if the entire U.S. public was behind it, but they're not. Like, nobody cares. Nobody wants to go to war in Ukraine. So if it's just the Biden administration and his puppets, they're just not going to be able to pull this off. They're slowly losing territory the whole time. It's like, well, we retook a city that used to be theirs in the first place, so what? And lost so much to do it and didn't gain anything. What matters well, wars is killing the other side's army. And Russia's mistakes in the beginning of wars, they did not have enough infantry. They had too many uh, VTGMs. They had not enough drones. They had the little shitty store-bought ones. Now they have the drones from Iran, the kamikaze drones, they keep calling them. Uh, and they decided to start using very expensive cruise missiles and things to take things out. That happened after British intelligence blew up a bridge going to Crimea. They said, well, if you're going to hit our civilian infrastructure, then we're going to hit yours. So the Brits opened that door. And Russia, you know, they blew up a dam. They blew up bridges. They've taken out power grids and so on. It's effective. But, it's, you know, usually when you attack civilian areas, it causes the opposite effect. Like they double down and more people join the army and more people go against you when you do that. They, 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 most of them have already fled. They're not going back to Ukraine to die. They don't have even a 1% chance of winning this war. Even if America dumps in another $100 billion, they don't have enough people unless NATO puts boots on the ground, which they already sort of have with, through Poland and Romania to a degree. Unless the United States like lands there with the 101st Airborne and all that and just fights Russia for Ukraine, they don't have a chance. Now the U.S., if it really went to war because of its Navy and all, they could fuck up the Black Sea, they could fuck up, you know, Crimea hardcore, and they'd have the might of the U.S. air power, blah, blah, blah. But the public won't stomach that. And even then, it would be very difficult, because that would that would start World War Three, and they'd probably use nuclear weapons. So, it's off the table. Ukraine is fucked. Like, it's sad. It's sad that they're getting more money and prolonging this war they're not going to have any fighting age males. That whole generation is going to get wiped out. Russia started its special military operation too small, hoping to have reconciliation with the rest of Europe to sell its gas and oil. They've realized at this point that you can't talk to the West. Like All they ever do is fucking lie to your face. So they're done negotiating. They had a mobilization, which you can't just do instantly. It takes months to to recruit and retrain and refit and deploy troops. They've solved their lack of infantry problem. And so they will take the rest of Donbass, and they've got a, a three-pronged plan I think will probably happen probably middle of January when the ground's nice and frozen and Ukraine has been softened up. And does it matter? I don't think the Patriot missile system is going to make a damn worth the difference. It can barely stop subsonic scuds it's not going to stop hypersonic or supersonic cruise missiles from russia those things are just going to get blown up it's going to be as useless as the fucking javelins they made so much hype about there is nothing there's nowhere for them to go nothing they can buy like they'd have to get china on their side or something that's be about the only way they'd win this war they're fucked europe has nothing to give 
nothing. They got nothing left. They really don't have any sizable armies other than France and Turkey. And Turkey's not going to do that. Uh, the French aren't not going to send their own people. You know, Britain's very pro-Ukraine, but they don't. They only have eighty thousand person army, because all of Europe relies on the United States for its defense, and the U.S. just has too many problems with China, Taiwan, the East Sea, and they're still dealing with the Middle East, and like they cannot be fighting Russia and Ukraine right now. Can't afford it. Oh. So they can just all they can do is lie and say everything's going great. Everything's doing great. Oh, we lost Mariupol. We're winning. Oh, you lost Servodonesk. Well, we're okay, we lost Papastia. Okay, we're but this time we're gonna win. They just lost Adrifka yesterday. Oh, they're gonna lose Bakhmut. They will. So parts of Sumi too. Like, I have you don't I don't I can't really express how many que uh, questions I have about all the things you claim. But you understand, so, like, you're you're relying on reports from, like, this one militant has a blog, and he said, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, both Ukraine and Russia's official government sources admit Ukraine's getting fucked by artillery. And I can't hold this. Uh, okay, that's, that's uh, your viewpoint. Uh, you said that... Uh, uh, well, did it's you my say viewpoint that, that's been backed by... Things that have already happened. I said them before they happened. Then they happened. It's the records clear. Like they're going to lose that. They're going to lose that. And they did. And I explained why. I, I even called the plan of attack in Papastia. I said, here's what Russia's going to do. Here's where they're going to go next. And it's just ding, ding, ding accurate. Because I don't look at individual blogs or this guy's opinion. I never look at Twitter or Reddit or anything. I'm not even allowed on that shit anyway. <clears throat> But you can see the Russian strategy in Syria because they're recycling it. They don't care about... Uh, if, if Ukraine really pushes for some territory, they'll just pull back. That's eh, fine. Come out, come out of your defenses on the open field so now we can hit you with our air force and long-range artillery. Is a killing field. That's what they did in Kharkiv. And they're all excited. Yay, we colored this part in in the map. Like, yeah, you did. You lost about a thousand people a day. You just can't afford to do that. Um, I, okay, I see your point, but uh, what if uh, Russia will need to carry on with this war uh, so long that... Uh, It uh, their only recourse, uh, their only economical uh, partnership would be uh, like jeopardizing their independence. Like, what if, what if uh, Russia uh, will uh, um, event eventually need to sell to China? Like, what if Russia becomes uh, so Why not sell to China? Uh, so weak? Uh, They're not. I though. mean, like, look at what's happened. Like, rubles the the best performing currency in the world this year. Europe's the one suffering economically. Russia's economy uh, is considering that there's a giant war going on. It's doing very well. And what so, if, so? What if they sell oil to China? Good for them. 
how so, is Chinese uh, money any less than some other kind of money? Like, okay, a uh, 1.5 billion I, person market. Why not? Uh, I have already questions about that. Like, for example, you say Russia is be- uh, the uh, Russian ruble is the best performing currency worldwide. So, I have a question. Uh, why would it matter if uh, Russian rubble cannot be used to buy as much goods, as much um, materials, uh, imports as it uh, wo- was before? So what's the what's the that? Uh, because if it, the alternative is hyperinflation, where you would not be able to import anything, and your savings would be wiped out, people would the wealthy people in the country would move and grab foreign currencies and sell off their assets. You'd have a total economic collapse and you wouldn't be able to sustain the war. Instead, the opposite has happened. The ruble is held strong. So the money stays in the country. They're able to buy the kind of goods they need. Plenty from India, China, all that. For the whole world outside the West is still trading with Russia. So there's fact, another so problem. South Korea at this point too. That's not a problem. The, That's a good thing. The problem uh, is like Germany. Okay. So there's a... run out of natural gas. They're running out of electricity. They're running out of grain. They're running out of fertilizer. Russia doesn't have any shortages. Okay. So there's a problem with Russian rubble. If uh, for uh, uh, let's say, uh, let's say that there is a conversion uh, conversion ratio on different. Uh, markets uh so that you can convert russian and uh, russian rubble and uh, all other currencies uh what's the point of that conversion ratio if you can uh buy less goods for rubble inside of russia because the prices are higher and there are less uh foreign organizations willing to sell goods to russia so what's the point of that conversion ratio if uh, it should be also uh, multiplied because of differences of because of difference of prices? The I prices don't understand. Are, because the price raise is not from inflation of the ruble. The price is increasing because of fewer competition between the goods you're buying because you're being sanctioned by a third of the planet. Yes, but, yes, exactly. But, so right. Yeah, they did they're doing maximum sanctions they can do and could not collapse your currency and you're still able to trade with the other uh three fourths of the planet. Which leads to what well, the thing is they're fighting against NATO basically in Ukraine. What has happened to their currency and likewise to their goods? Because if they're not buying oil and gas and so thing and so on from Russia, they've sanctioned themselves too, and their prices have gone up far more, and their currency has gone down far more. And this is even with the Federal Reserve and several European banks raising interest rates, which usually has the reverse effects. It slows down inflation, slows it tightens the money supply. And more people put money into savings for long-term investments, blah, blah, blah. They don't have any moves after. They can't just raise interest rates indefinitely. They destroy real estate, blah, blah, blah. Russia does not have to make any of these economic moves. They have some price increases because they can't import from 
uh, Germany, da, 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 da. And it's not like an instant switch, but they will get those goods from China and other places anyway, and it'll balance out within months. On the other side, though, this winter, look which is more valuable, McDonald's or natural gas. Natural gas. Who's running out of that? Not Russia. Are they running out of grain? No. Are they running out of any of the essentials? No. Oh, yes, you can't buy Balenciaga. So what? They're a bunch of pedophiles. Some of the higher-end, like, European stores and stuff, like, oh, Chanel and Gucci and shit have closed their doors. Yeah, whatever. You'll survive. Living in Russia. I'd take that over, uh, I can't pay my heating bill in Britain because it costs too much and I have to wear blankets now in the kitchen. Like, the price paid by the enemy from the sanctions has been far worse than Russia. Now, sanctions hurt everybody. Anytime entire nations just cut you off and will not buy your exports whatsoever, even vodka, whatever, those things will be sold on black markets in time because the demand is still there. Uh, but it will not reflect in the official numbers because it's illegal and technically you didn't do that. You sold to somebody, sold to somebody, sold to somebody. But you can look at the living standard in Russia and they're not, the lights are on. Look at the Christmas lights everywhere. It was like lit up from one side to the other. You didn't see that in Europe because they can't afford so... it. So, there is a, a great problem with the Russian living standard. Um, I mean, uh, I don't know why would you mention it, uh, but uh, if your city is already, uh, like, there are... There well, are living standard was There are a lot of Russian, I, I'd say, towns, not cities, because city... Uh, implies that uh, there is a very uh, large population in it. Uh, like, what is the terminology for uh, for cities and towns? What, how how many people would you consider uh, a city to have, for example? Well, you have you have rural areas and urban areas, is what you're saying, and a lot of rural areas areas in Russia are like Bronze Age level. Same thing. Uh, 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 no, but say you have no, uh, no, no. a town, you know, out in Lake Siberia or something is not going to be Petersburg or Moscow, but that's any country anywhere. The Appalachian Mountains in the United States are just full of swamp rats. I mean, there's, there's even within U.S. cities, this is the richest nation in the world. You've got hundreds of thousands of homeless people because of the way they mismanaged. I mean, uh, if uh, Russia has uh, record-breaking new AIDS patients, um, then that's... I mean, uh, if we would compare uh, um, amount of insects, amount of rats on uh, streets, then and maybe uh, amount of uh drug addicts on streets uh, i think um uh, maybe california would uh, definitely win against russia uh but uh, there are many other criteria uh, to judge uh, living standard living standard and well, can you afford groceries can you afford to drive and can you afford heating yes on all of us no in the west 
Okay. So uh I I don't have I have like a lot of questions but I don't think uh, uh, we can go anywhere. So there. The living standard in Russia did not change so much from this war the way it has for NATO countries. Ah, uh, yes, because poor, it was all poor. You like, couldn't uh, afford gas because you're poor, whatever, and you still can't afford it. And the people who could still can. But almost everybody in Europe could afford, who had a car, could afford gasoline before the war. Not so much anymore. Practically everybody could afford to heat their home if they had a home before the war not now they have dropped they have been far more hurt by their own sanctions than Russia has on yes, because the uh, Russian living standard is peace poor like the, there is no surprise in there so if the whole country is peace poor then of course if there are a lot of sanctions the living standard won't, won't drop by much like what's, what's the surprise here poor. The whole country isn't and wasn't piss poor. It's a first world uh, country. Okay. It's not, uh, it's not going to I be mean... uh, Switzerland or something, but you know, they uh, they didn't get affected by the sanctions so much. It's not because they started at the bottom. How about schools closing in rural areas? How about uh, the lack of Doctor, uh, the lack of uh, medical professionals for r- rural rural areas, and rural areas is not like uh, a teeny bit of Russia. It's the vast majority of Russia, and there are problems with a lot of basic human services in Russia. Yes, the, it's the base. It's the majority of Canada and the United States too, and they have the same problems. Hey boss, good to hear you. What do we have a, a severe case of sepropalchik in the chat? Huh? What? <laughs> he uh, knows what I'm talking about. Yes, well, I what know. What happens is people will go and they read all the propaganda, and then they'll find like a blogger that says I'm pro-Russian and just dog on Russia all day. And it's like, all yeah, it's here. Doom and gloomer, everything is shit, right? From March, from March to now. It's been nothing but wins for Russia, both economically and on the in the war. Like Ukraine has lost eight times as many soldiers, and they also started with less. They're fucked. Uh, uh, let, let me just uh, clarify one thing. So uh, Jean he asked asked if uh, I am uh, the member of the. Uh, all things are fucked up, gang. Like that—that that is what "всепропальщики" uh, means. It's oh, a Russian word. term. Black pills yeah. is what we say. And uh, uh, I have a problem. Uh, there is a. Uh, I have a. Qu- uh, and and not. I'm not uh, the member of that gang. I just had a questions to yeah. which I asked to Ryan because. Uh, um, being a member of all things are fucked up gang and uh, claiming uh, uh, that be here. that Russia is uh, only had uh, victories since March is uh, on that on an opposite ends of the um, on the specter of how can you judge uh, the this war so. Well, I don't, I don't I can understand. Tell you, you, you can look up. 
my record on all the other wars when people were saying whatever and I was usually all alone I ended up being right same with COVID and a lot of other political stuff I was right and people argued with me and Not, not, not I'm not with you. That's what I wanted uh, to begin with. So I just yeah, wanted saying, to. Like you to... can you can doubt it or whatever, and you can hear it, and you can maybe you're not convinced, but you will see. That hey, I have a question. Is the guy with the Batman is a Russian? Yes, I'm Russian. Oh, привет. Привет, them. My wife is Russian, but she's bad. Fuck it. <laughs> So, yeah, bye. Like... Uh, Ryan, thanks uh, for your time. Uh, goodbye. Have a nice day. Hey, thank you for asking. And I, I like, it's fine to disagree or, or wonder why, why do you think this or that? I think in PR, Russia's losing the political relations, public relations. They're horrible. Their media sucks. Like, they have maybe half a dozen people who are accurate that are out. out and you can almost name them all. It's like, Most of them are Americans. It's Ray McGovern. It's uh, Scott Ritter. It's Larry Johnson. Uh, Andre Martianov, who's also in America. And, and someone like myself. Maybe the Duran and... McGregor uh, and the uh, Black. Uh, yeah, Douglas McGregor and Richard Black. And uh, if, yeah, probably... Uh, the Libertarian Institute's been pretty good, too. In a general way, but there's really, and it's the same people that write on the other conflicts, though, that said, no, Iraq doesn't have WMDs. That's what all the same people said, and everyone else said, yeah, they do. Oh, we all fell for it. Not all of us fell for it. Some of us really good at looking at primary sources and research and know how to see the bullshit when it comes. Uh, Andrew Illingworth's been good too. Uh, basically, all the ANC people. I've been, have been getting it. Pepe Escobar is another one. Joaquin Flores. All the same people I was interviewing in 2014 when they had the Maidan coup and all the shit that started this and the people that understand the, what the Ukrainian oligarchs gain and all that's about. Uh, yeah. hey, boss, um, too uh, pro-Russia, but he's still pretty much accurate. <laughs> hey, Ryan. Up? Um, I've asked I've asked the uh, Soviet Russian bear guy to um, reach out to Joaquin Flores to to see what's the deal. Why is he um, not very communicable to establish for for an interview? See if he can arrange it for you. Yeah, I used to interview him. I think it's the uh, you heard propaganda because that is unique <laughs> where he lives. <laughs> I like. But whatever. Who else did I leave out? But I mean, that's really, it's all shit reporting. Fucking, you know, they purged YouTube. They purged Twitter. Uh, those of you know that are accurate on this stuff are on, you know, anti-war radio or Telegram or uh, the Duran the still has a YouTube channel, but that's because they're kind of a little bit woke. But like, They're they're on Odyssey and Rumble and stuff. <laughs> like and there's a lot of others that are there's some like neutral stuff. I think that guy, uh History Legends is good too. It's his name Alec or something. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, he's been pretty accurate. And uh but he he has to pull his punches because he doesn't want to lose his YouTube. 
like trust me he 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 knows he's like oh if i can't say this da, 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 da. his patreon would have more but i refuse to get patreon money after they kicked me off but you know what i mean it's, you know how fucked it is that like i can name all the accurate journalists in ukraine and or count them on two hands but you know, back in two thousand three, it was the same way with the Rock. They're like, "Well, we got to get them over there before they get us here. We can't let the smoking gun be a mushroom cloud." Saddam Hussein's such a bad guy. Oh, they have weapons of mass destruction. They said it on TV. Condoleezza Rice and Dick Cheney and George Bush and Rumsfeld. Everybody said so. British intelligence said it. American intelligence said it, and none of it was true. And only a few of us. Justin Romando, Mike Rivero, myself, Scott Horton, Ray McGovern, some of the same people I just said, like, especially Scott Ritter, he was chief weapons inspector because they don't have any weapons. We were right. I remember that when, when Biden told him that, 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 that disgusting word, it's over your payroll. I mean, this is disgusting yeah. what he's told him, though. That's why you don't get the limousines, Scotty boy, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, he was right. Everything he said was accurate about the lack of WMD. They had them in 91. They got rid of them, just like they said. And the inspectors did their job. They didn't care. They're like, you came back with the wrong answer. The same thing happened in Syria, where they were accusing Assad of gassing his own people and blah, blah, blah. And they finally had to say, yeah, they, the British say they sexed it up, which means like, you're full of shit. You know, you went in, you inspected, you found out the rebels use gas. And they got it from Turkey. And I'm out there, 2012, uh, showed the video of the militants gassing rabbits and how they had this gas and how Obama just made a red line. So now they know, let's cross that line and blame it on Assad. Because they fucking knew the entire Western media would, if someone got gassed, before the gas had even left the air, they were going to blame it on Assad because they're looking for a pretext for more Western intervention in Syria. And you know what saved Syria? Russia. Russia came in with its air force and just started taking out tankers that were going to Turkey, right? And then, you know, Hezbollah and Iran also helped a lot on the ground, but it was by it's really from Russian intervention, which is in their own interest. They had a base in Latakia. It's their last base, only base in the Mediterranean. and They don't need a Sunni corridor going all the way to Chechnya. It's not like they did it out of altruism or something, but whatever. Putin came in and said, nah, he ain't doing that here. And Assad was able to retain the majority of his country and is still the president of Syria. And all those people said Assad must go. Most of them have gone, either dead or out of office. Or voted out. That's the whole Assad curse. Who must go, right? Boris Johnson's now gone. The woman that came after him for what six weeks, she's gone. <laughs> Nobody. I won't even dignify her with a name. She's gone. Uh, you know they lie and they're lying about Ukraine. And I wouldn't put it past them to pay somebody to blog and say, "Yeah, I'm a Russian soldier." Like, sure you are. Uh huh. They're just full of shit. They have to lie. Because it's not going well. And you know it's not going well. Because you can see that what happened to all this money? Poof, disappeared. And a lot of these high margins and stuff, it's on film, them getting blown up. And they're losing so much personnel and territory. 
the one take backs like, well, what about Kirsan? What about it? They're, the Brits were threatening to blow up the river, the dam, to flood everybody, which would kill tens of thousands. There is no defense for raising the river level. So they had to move. They did. And did Ukraine go in and take it? No. Because the same thing could happen to them. They can get flooded. It's just sitting there. It's unfortunate. But the majority of them were moved uh, deeper into Russia proper. And the whole thing's going to become Russia at the end. Like, I think there's still a chance that they could negotiate and say, we'll end the war if you let us keep Odessa. And Russia would take that offer. But Ukraine is not in charge of Ukraine. The U.S. is in charge of Ukraine. And they will not take that offer. And they're stupid. So they're going to lose it all. They're going to be a landlocked country. And that that won't make that won't survive very long. Can I say something small? Sure. Uh, about you, what you just said, Medvedev, what he expected in 2023, I think you read that, right? Uh, he said that uh, Slovakian and Poland will take the rest of the north, uh, the west of the Ukraine, yes. west of the Ukraine, and uh, Germany uh, and Europe will stop dealing with the euros, and the EU will collapse, and it will be like the German Reich again. Uh, and uh, like a lot of things, I think you read that, and I need your opinion about it because he said a lot of things that unreal. I can see Poland taking a chunk of Western Ukraine. I don't know about Slovakia because the they don't have uh, there's a lot of political division in Slovakia about the war. Like yeah, they sent some of their air defense and stuff, but I don't see them gaining territory. I don't see Poland sharing it with Slovakia either. But Poland is more than capable of taking a chunk of Western Ukraine. I don't see Germany getting off the euro though. Uh, the euro is going to continue to have problems. It's less than dollar right now, but I don't think it the it's that bad yet to have a a currency collapse or anything. It's just the lower strata of their societies are not going to be able to afford food and gas, which could... Yeah, and he said, and he said also France will make the war with Germany. They will have a war between each other. <laughs> it's unreal, right? It's not unreal. It's um, Germany is not going to start a war with France. They're wholly dependent on buying electricity from France because they turned their own nuclear off and they buy it from the French. France is more in line of getting a war with Turkey because over the Aegean Islands that the Greece has. That could it would be a Turkey versus Greece when Greece would have French support. That's possible. I do not see a war between France and Germany though, because Germany has no no way of winning that and nothing to gain. And it's too pure. And nobody, no fucking person in France wants to go to war with Germany for a fourth time. You know? But yeah, I can see uh, a few things popping off. One, which has sort of already happened. And we said this a few weeks ago with Kosovo and Serbia. They've been given an ultimatum. The Serbs have, like, to knock it off or NATO's coming in. But 
So that could widen another conflict. There was already the miniature war between Azerbaijan and Romania, the Azeris won. And you kind of have that conflict with Greece and Turkey and with Cyprus. Um, those are the hot spots right now, but I don't think anybody in Europe is looking to start a new conflict when they've got their hands full in Ukraine as it is. They've sunk so much in, and they're just not going to get a return. And the U.S. promised them all this LNG, and they're like, yeah, we've raised the price. They're starting to lose their allies in Asia. Uh, South Korea especially is already reconciling with Russia and China. They see the writing on the wall. Japan is doubling down and building their military and all, but they're, when it came to oil exploration, they still, that, that Sacklin deal, they still was 25% Japanese, 25% India, and 50% Russia, and they kept that. That was almost done away with after Shinzo Abe got shot because that made Japan go. It was the day before an election, and they went really right wing because they just killed the longest-running prime minister who was a hardcore right-wing guy the day of the election. So they all swung that direction, but they're starting to get cooler heads. And those are the two major players. Uh, the three major players in Asia are China, Japan, and Korea. China's already on board. Korea's on board. Japan's got a half on board. So that, And Russia, you know, too, right? West, yeah, well, I mean, allies with Russia. Obviously, Russia is going to be pro-Russia. Because Russia is on northern Japan, and they're making a lot of military movement, the Russians there. Yeah, and the Kuril Islands. And it's because the Japanese are doing the same thing in Hokkaido. But the, their oil exploration deal survived. But... Mostly, Japan's military buildup is not because of Russia; it's because of Taiwan and China. And that's what they're doing. China is a much, much, much more of a threat to Japan than Russia is. There's nothing to gain. I would say, I would say, the Kosovo-Serbia conflagration now is the should be a big focus. That's why uh, I'm hoping Flores would come over to. Elaborate the other reason that. is uh, North Korea. That's the other big threat to Japan, North Korea, and China. But yeah, the the hottest area is Kosovo, Serbia. That's the one that's the most likely to pop off. It already kind of did. And how Russia going to help Serbia though? It's locked land. They cannot like support them like from far away. Serbia can take on Kosovo on its own. They've always supported Serbia, all the way back to World War One, the Black Hand assassination of the Austrian leader. That was uh, always going back to Russia. But yeah, if like, okay, what if NATO's like, let's antagonize this and come in on behalf of, behalf of Kosovo against the Serbs? What will Russia do then? Then they got to divide. They got a war in Ukraine. They got to help the Serbs too, right? They're, they're also in Syria right now, still, right? The Air Force still patrols the M5 highway, blah, 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 blah. They still have a base there. They're still working with the Syrian government there. Uh, but then the West has the same problem. They're also in Syria, and they're also in North Africa. The French are all over North Africa. The Americans are all over the world. 
and they got to police two oceans. And Kosovo just isn't worth it. Like it's it's such a gamble. And then the day they cannot handle the service, so you're going to have to do what? You want to send in boots on the ground over that? Okay. Well, let's say you take over Serbia. Now what? You lost a bunch of money and personnel, and you're going to have an occupation to deal with in the next 50 years. Let's restart the Balkan War. That sounds like a good idea. I don't see it happening. They're just a political will isn't there no one wants it you know this isn't no one wanted the yugoslav either i don't see that as good at, that's why serbia is like now's our chance their hands are full let's get on kosovo yeah they're right this is their chance in time sucks for kosovo uh, There's going to be a whole year. It's going to be interesting, but I think the the economic misery in Europe is going to hit hard and public support for this war, regardless of how much they cheerlead on Twitter, is going to wane. And if Elon Musk continues to unban people so that the journalism can get balanced, uh, even the propaganda on Twitter won't survive. But right now he's going at a snail's pace. The summer on there. I mean, one of Ritter's accounts got returned, but the main one hasn't. Sargon of Akkad and Daniel McAdams, some others have been returned. But it does seem to be that the two things you really can't talk about on Twitter is COVID and Ukraine. But they're starting to release uh -huh. the COVID documents, so maybe that's even changing. I just wanted to say that uh, Raging Dissident was returned. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Should I get mine? Yeah. <laughs> can he Can he help me get mine? Like all these people are getting returned. Be like, yeah. now bring back Dawson. <laughs> I think he made a new account and then that was banned and then that got brought back. Yeah, so he, that's probably makes Oh, that's, that's not that great of a news. That's just right. like, oh, you got your brand new account back. Hooray, whatever. Well, I remember, remember I said about uh, the Irish uh, cunt like, Sweeney that was in charge of Twitter for Europe and how she took out an injunction against Twitter from being sacked. Yeah, but she's, after walk, she's after walking away. Maybe I should just start a new one and if my other one gets unbanned, great, I'll switch back to that, but Right now, I have zero followers, so I don't know. So what do y'all think? Should I just make a new share Twitter? Share with her, and we will follow. <laughs> just make a new Twitter share. and put it on Telegram and say, oh, I got sick of waiting to get for amnesty that never happened, so I just started over. Yeah, sure. And we will be starting like liking and sharing the Twitter so it got more like uh, interactions, so it will be more famous with, in the short days. I hope they yeah, don't ban it. Yeah, it sucks. Because I had like 20,000 followers on the other one already, you know? And it's like, well... Yeah. The only way to build the Twitter is through Telegram and Substack. And yeah, I think I will when I get back from Korea. That's what I'm going to do. Like, if I'm still banned on Twitter on the 5th of January, then I'm just going to make a new one. Call it The Ghost of Brian Dawson or something. <laughs> 
Amnesty my ass. Yeah. That's a better name. Well, it's like making fun of Ghost of Kim, but the the thing is, if I start a new one, I can just say whatever the fuck I want, because if a brand new one gets banned with, you know, 300 followers, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Because I'm not losing anything. So. Yeah, but when you post your, uh, like, true uh, news, unlike these propagandas, like, a lot of people will follow, like Scott Ritter, he was, like, with the little followers on YouTube and on Telegram, and I'm in his channel yeah. since he started it, and now he got thousands, thousands, over thousands. Yeah, he got even though like thousand real fast, but he does have yeah. he is allowed on YouTube, and uh, he was you know I'm not, but like yeah, it would blow up fast. Still, I I think I could get like three thousand in a day if I jump back on Twitter, but getting back to twenty thousand would be a task. Because, but I don't know, man. If I wasn't shadow banned. Like imagine how big the other account would have been if it wasn't basically banned anyway. Hundred thousand, a million maybe, because people like now you know I think about two hundred thousand. I don't think a million, but like, I think about two hundred thousand. Definitely doable. But if I've been on there the last ten years, you know, it's oh well. It is what it is. So that yeah. If I'm not unbanned, I'll make another one. If they're like, you're cheating the ban, I'll be like, you promised amnesty anyway. <laughs> That's what you said. Then I can use the new one to say, bring back the other one. I'll switch. I'll give the new one to someone else. You can still keep using it like as a backup. It's just yeah, add the backup. You know, like it sucks. Too. I want my old tweets returned because I called a lot of this shit. I thought I would, it would go. You could go back to 2014, 15, 16, 17, where I'm talking about Ukraine, right? As we uh, they attacked in 2017. They just Russia took it back two days ago. But like, there was a major battle there in 2017. Totally unreported. Like, what war? You know, they're fighting Donbass militia. Remember Pepe Escobar and I making jokes about the People's Republic of Donetsk? <laughs> like, it was a joke and not a joke. Like, yeah, that's kind of what happened. They won't call it secession. They keep seeing all these places are annexed. I'm like, they, they aren't annexed. They wanted to leave. That's seceding. Roy, you should have applied for the job at the Babylon Bay for future projects. Yeah, and all I have to do is tell the truth because it sounds that funny. <laughs> I wonder if I could work at Babylon Bay, man. I'd love to write sarcasm stuff. Just... <laughs> The amount of satire I've done on World War II alone. But even that's a little too edgy. I kind of pushed the envelope with the old uh, Christmas Carol I did. <laughs> that was on uh, We Talk You Listen and Cozy Only. Oh, well. Come for it on Spotify. Couldn't find it, strangely enough. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be on Spotify. <laughs> That would never survive. <laughs> you know, guys, what I love about like these Spotify, like and Netflix, and all these things, like 
like I keep getting the logins from my friends of mine, so I never I never paid for anything of that. I use a friend's account on Amazon, so the new season of their uh, Jack Reacher or Jack Ryan, sorry, and it's the whole the whole season is all Russia bad. And uh, w- one of the bad guys in it is the spitting image of that faggot, Phil- uh, Zelensky. And yeah. in Netflix, they removed the Russian language, though. And they bought the Ukrainians. They're fucking disgusting. In all Netflix. Netflix had the, what was it, Cuties? What the hell was it called? The little pro-pedophile series. Uh, the hammer uh, with itch like uh, the guy the blo- the guy nineties and eighties who killed yeah, like uh, like a uh, uh, hundred eleven and he was like a a pedophile you know and yeah and they put it and it was the best Netflix top one that was three months ago or four months. Damn. Yes, that that's the name you know. Yeah, they had to they had to take that over the the LBGT section because it was bringing bad uh, shade on the gay community. I mean, that's who did it, though. The others, Dennis Nielsen, another faggot. Mm-hmm. Sally procreate, molesting kids. I love that uh, Putin Santa Claus commercial. <laughs> Santa gives him a mom. Savage. <laughs> you Savage. Know, everybody watching that was like, I agree with Santa Claus. <laughs> Fuck this. Two dads making your son wear a dress bullshit. Game of soccer. Well, he's Europe also. That, that Christmas for Europe, like for two years. When oh, they yeah. eat the hamster yeah. at the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh Absolutely. my God, that was! I don't want to eat my cats next year. I'm, I'm, I'm now like thinking the whole time about it. Well, well have you British people buying pet food to eat? Holy it's shit. bad. Yeah. And I'm like, British uh-huh, Empire, sounds... man. Yeah. They controlled the world once. Uh, they never got into Asia other than Hong Kong. Uh, they killed yeah. 500 Indians. Yeah, they were an Asian. Oh, I don't care. 500 that. millions, I mean. I don't consider that Asia. India is India. <laughs> I don't care what they call it geographically. Egypt's the Middle East, even though it's part of Africa. It's politically not African. Because they speak, yeah, because they speak Arabic like 23 countries. They are the, like the Middle East, and they all speak Arabic, though. Which were divided by psych speaker and still divided, and which is trash. Historically, Egypt is Egypt, which included the Sudans, was so different than the rest of Africa politically, linguistically, culturally. It's just whatever. It's not based on continent. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. Then Turkey and Syria and all that's West Asia too. It's not. It's the Middle East. <laughs> Culturally. Politically, it's it is. And India and Pakistan are not Asians. They're their own thing. That's why we, what are they then? We divide Asia into <laughs> jungle Asian and fancy Asian. 
Japan and Korea are fancy Asians. Indonesia and the Philippines are jungle Asians. Do you have a jungle? Yeah, you're a jungle Asian. Do you have a jungle in Vietnam? Yes. Do you have a jungle in Thailand? Yes. Do you have a jungle in Korea? No. Like, if you have a jungle in your Asia, that's jungle Asia. If you don't have a jungle, that's fancy Asia. Built a concrete jungle. It's not a jungle jungle. Having I like that Boreal who too. said that we live in a jungle and, and we have walls and shit. That racist motherfucker. <laughs> Boreal. The rat, the rat race. Well, a lot of places in Ukraine don't even have walls and shit. They just have shit. In, in, in Japan, they released that guy there just before Christmas. He, uh, he murdered an Irish girl 10 years ago. He was a dancer for Chris Brown. And him and his buddy uh, drugged two Irish girls after a show and uh, raped them and he strangled one. And he got 10 years because of his age. And he was just released there before Christmas. Huh. I wonder what they got out of it. Or he's just, he just served all 10 years. He gave us 10 years because he didn't show any remorse. And because of his age at the time, that's all they could give him. The maximum was oh. 10 years. He oh, was under 21. I think. He was under 21. He was a dancer for Chris Brown. At the time he was on tour. In Ethiopia, there was, or not in Ethiopia, but in Sweden, there's an Ethiopian migrant at 16. He uh, raped and strangled a nine-year-old girl. And because of his age, they couldn't arrest him. They couldn't deport him. They couldn't do anything to him. And that's not even the first girl. That's not even the first girl that he assaulted. But that, that girl got... She got raped and strangled so bad that she has brain damage now. J- just a nine-year-old girl. She, she never, she never did anything to anyone. Is and, he free still? Now, huh? Is the guy free still? 